plethora is an excess. Try this. Letting the Air Force use our backyard as a bombing range created a plethora of problems. Or, of course, by becoming familiar with the prefix pro, one can better understand the meanings of a plethora of words. A person who has a lot of something, one could say a plethora, should be, if they're nice, munificent. That is to say, they like to give their stuff to others. They're generous or lavish. Take this sentence, for example. The munificent millionaire gave money to practically every charity that came along. He was well-loved for his munificence. That same millionaire, however, might also squander huge amounts of money on worthless items just to satisfy his fragile ego. Squander means to waste. This guy's been known to squander millions on ping-pong balls. He wants to fill the Grand Canyon with them. What a waste! Squander. Aggregate means the sum total, a collection of things mixed together. This section of WordSmart, for example, is an aggregate of different words that all describe large amounts of things, and what can happen to or be done with large amounts of things. And following this final word will be a list which is an aggregate of the words we just learned. Here it is. Prodigious. Enormous or extraordinary. Prodigy. A gifted child. Prolific. Very productive or fruitful. Proliferate. To spread or to grow. Plethora. A great deal or an excess. Munificent. Generous or lavishly giving. Squander. To squander is to waste. And finally, aggregate. A combination or collection of things. Now we're going to put those words to practical use. You're about to hear a man describe his line of work. The job of organizing an international tour for a symphony orchestra isn't easy. There are countless tasks to attend to and a prodigious number of details. We're not a rich organization, so we depend largely upon the munificence of wealthy sponsors. Unfortunately, many potential sponsors look upon donations to the orchestra as a waste, just money squandered but I try to convince them otherwise. Our orchestra is a collection of a wide variety of people. It's an aggregate of artists and managers. Unfortunately, with such a large number of people, such a plethora of personalities, fights are frequent. And it just gets worse as the season wears on. Arguments multiply, disputes proliferate. Our program on this tour will be devoted mostly to Mozart, who wrote hundreds of great pieces of music. He was one of the most prolific of all great classical composers. Like Mozart, our nine-year-old piano soloist is a world-renowned prodigy. She's very gifted, if not a little preoccupied by Saturday morning cartoons. Now let's take a look at the other side of the coin and learn those words which describe nothing, or at least not a lot. Here they are. If you have practically no money, you have a paucity of wealth. Paucity means scarcity, an insufficiency. A pauper, for example, has a paucity of cash, or the paucity of fresh vegetables at the market forced us to buy frozen ones. A word that means very close to the same thing as paucity is dearth. Dearth means lack or, like paucity, scarcity. For example, when there is a dearth of food, people will go hungry. Or you can turn it around like this. There is no dearth of comedy at the clown convention, the comedy is everywhere. A person who is living on a tight budget 
will look for items they can buy at a nominal cost. Nominal means insignificant or small, being named as a mere formality. The cost was nominal in comparison to what we received. Here's another. The rain, while a pain, had a nominal effect on our fun at the football game. We had a blast. Getting back to tight budgets, being frugal can be as much a quality of some wealthy people as it is of those without large fortunes. Frugal means economical or penny-pinching. Hannah's frugality annoyed her husband, who loved nothing better than to spend money. Furthermore, we were as frugal as we could be, but we still ended up several thousand dollars in debt. Someone who takes frugality too far could be called parsimonious. Parsimony means stinginess. Take, for example, the old widow who was so parsimonious she hung her tea bags out to dry on her clothesline so she'd be able to use them again. Well, perhaps it's just that she was alarmed by the attrition among the tea shops in her area. Attrition means a gradual loss or a natural and expected decrease in numbers and size. Single-sex colleges, the few that are left, have the highest rates of attrition among most colleges in America. Many speculate that the students leave to finish their education at schools with students of both sexes. And while we're on the topic of small amounts, let's look at minuscule. Sounding a lot like what it means, minuscule means very tiny. Sheila's skirt was so minuscule it could have passed for a belt. Or Arnold knew his father was exaggerating when he told him it would only take a minuscule effort to clean up his room. And finally, when you've got a minuscule amount of money, penury is the word for you. Penury means poverty. Having blown his lottery winnings on plastic kazoos, Mark was reduced to penury. He'd better get a job. Okay, that's it for the nothing words. Here's a quick list of the words for review. After this, we'll put them into the larger context of another life story. Paucity. A scarcity, an insufficiency. Dearth. A lack, a scarcity. Nominal. Insignificant or small. Frugal. Economical or penny-pinching. Parsimony. Parsimony means stinginess. Attrition. A gradual expected decrease in numbers. Minuscule. Very, very small. Penury. Poverty. Here now is a life story that will contain the nothing words we just looked at. Our income here at the convent is so minimal, we are forced to live a life of penury. But even though we must watch every penny and be frugal almost to a fault, there is still room for charity. Just because we're poor doesn't mean we have to be parsimonious. Where do we get our money, you ask? Well, donations, of course. And we do ask those who wish to become a part of our convent for a small initiation fee. Just a nominal payment, really. So small, you might even call it minuscule. Actually, I shouldn't have even mentioned it, since we almost never get a chance to collect it anymore. You see, not only have our ranks grown smaller due to attrition, but there has also been a noticeable dearth of newcomers in recent years. Ah, well, I suppose young people today just aren't tough enough for a life lacking ordinary comforts and a paucity of even the simplest material items not to mention luxuries. There. Now we've covered both halves of all or nothing. To review, we'll mix things up a bit. During the pause that follows each word, try to fill in the definition. Then you'll hear an excerpt from the speech in which it appeared 
followed by the definition and finally another example. Here are the words from all or nothing. Nominal. A small initiation fee, just a nominal payment. Nominal means insignificant or small, in name only. A nominal payment is almost none at all. Prolific. He was one of the most prolific of all great classical composers. Prolific is very productive or fruitful. Mozart wrote hundreds of pieces of music. He was prolific. Squander. Sponsors look upon donations to the orchestra as a waste, just money squandered. To squander is to waste. The sponsor didn't want to squander money. They can't afford to waste it. Plethora. Such a large number of people, such a plethora of personalities. A plethora is a whole lot, or excess. There's no plethora of rich people who want to give away their money. Attrition. Our ranks have grown smaller due to attrition. Attrition means a gradual decrease in numbers. There are fewer nuns now because of attrition. Minuscule. So small you might even call it minuscule. Something minuscule is very, very small. An atom is a minuscule particle. Prodigious. There are countless tasks to attend to and a prodigious number of details. Prodigious means very large, extraordinary. Building the pyramids was a prodigious task. Parsimony. Just because we're poor doesn't mean we have to be parsimonious. Parsimony. Stinginess. Don't be so parsimonious. Lend me a nickel. Munificence. We're not a rich organization, so we depend largely upon the munificence of wealthy sponsors. Munificence is generosity. I benefit from the munificence of my rich grandmother. Paucity. Young people today just aren't tough enough for a life lacking ordinary comforts and a paucity of even the simplest material items, not to mention luxuries. Paucity means a really small amount. I suffer from a paucity of vacation time. I'm always at work. Penury. Our income here at the convent is so minimal, we are forced to live a life of penury. Penury is another good word for poverty. Actors, like nuns, often live a life of penury. Aggregate. Our orchestra is an aggregate of artists and managers. An aggregate is a combination or collection of items, like this word list. Proliferate. Arguments multiply, disputes proliferate. To proliferate is to grow or spread. My knowledge of words proliferates as I listen to WordSmart. Frugal. We must watch every penny and be frugal almost to a fault. To be frugal is to be economical. If you're low on cash, then you'd better be frugal. Dearth. There has also been a noticeable dearth of newcomers in recent years. A dearth is a scarcity or a lack. I suffer from a dearth of free time, too. I'm also always at work. Prodigy. Like Mozart, 
Our nine-year-old piano soloist is a world-renowned prodigy. A prodigy is an extremely gifted child. Anyone who is master of anything at a young age could be called a prodigy. That's it for all or nothing. Review the words by taking a look at their spelling on the enclosed insert card. And before we move on to the next group, let's talk briefly about mnemonic devices. A mnemonic device is any little trick you make up to remember something. The classic example, of course, is tying a string around your finger to remind you to do something. For example, the mnemonic I use to remember parsimonious is parsley. Parse makes me think of parsley, which is a very stingy meal if that's all you've got on your plate. Anyone who would serve you only parsley is parsimonious or stingy. It's generally best for you to make up your own mnemonic. You can use other people's, but you'll remember your own more easily. When you have a chance, review the words we've learned on the enclosed insert card. Look at their spellings and roots, and see what mnemonics you can come up with to remember those tough ones. Meanwhile, let's return to our word groups. Our next group of words are grouped under the category name "I love you, I hate you." As you can probably tell, these are words which talk about having affection for someone or something, as well as having feelings of dislike. Once again, we'll break down the group into its two natural halves and do each part separately. Which should we do first? How about "I love you"? You do? Well, I love you too, dear. Now, let's begin. First up in the "I love you" group is the word "revere." Einstein was a preeminent scientist who was revered by everyone, even his rivals. Revere is to respect highly, to honor. Picasso is revered as one of the greatest painters of the modern era. However, many people also feel that no one revered Picasso more than Picasso himself. One who loves him or herself deeply practices narcissism. In Greek mythology, Narcissus was a boy who fell in love with his own reflection. To engage in narcissistic behavior is to act like Narcissus. It would appear that we both share a predilection for references to Picasso. We both like to use him as an example. A predilection is a natural preference for something. Another example: Joe's predilection for saturated fats has added roughly a foot to his waistline in the last twenty years. Predilection. It seems that we have a confluence of ideas regarding certain issues. A confluence is a flowing together, especially of rivers, where they begin to converge or flow together. A confluence of many factors—good food, nice decor, and a swinging band—made the party a huge success. All those things came together to make for a great time. Another good word that expresses closeness is affinity. Ducks, for example, have an affinity for water. That is, they like to be in it.